Hello and welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm your host, Sam Kane. And uh, yeah, today we're going to go into a uh, bombshell of an article that just came out on ESPN talking about Luka Doncic's uh, relationship with his former coach, uh, Rick Carlisle. Not good. Not good at all. It does not paint Carlisle in a good light. And basically, the article is saying this about Mr. Carlisle. That's basically what it's saying. So let's uh, let's read some uh, some snippets of the article. Carlisle, for his part, doubted Smith could be a productive NBA starter, referring to um, Dennis Smith Jr. Team sources said he had wanted the Mavs to draft guard Donovan Mitchell and completely soured on Smith midway through his rookie campaign. It might not have been a basketball fit, but Doncic and Smith had formed a bond, and Carlisle's apparent determination to make Smith miserable during their brief time as teammates was appalling to Doncic. Several former players and staffers told ESPN multiple players were shocked during one early season team meeting when Carlisle accused Smith of being jealous of Doncic, sources said. The players considered it incredibly unfair to Smith, who wasn't playing well, but was making an honest effort to mesh with Doncic on the court. Doncic particularly resented what he perceived as Carlisle's attempt to pit him against his friend and teammate, team sources said. It wasn't really about how Rick treated Luca, a Mavs player on the 2018-19 team said, Luca hated how Rick treated other people. Several Mavericks team staffers, from members of the coaching staff to non-basketball employees, told ESPN they felt intimidated and disrespected by Carlisle, who they said could be abrasive and demanding. The coach also had contentious relationships with several Mavs players throughout his 13-year tenure. Sorry, I can't pronounce the word contentious. Mosley, one of the coaches on the staff, developed an especially close bond with Doncic. But over the next few years, Carlisle came to consider Mosley a threat, team sources said. Believing that Mosley was attempting to position himself to take Carlisle's job, instead, Mosley became the coach of the Orlando Magic in July, a couple of weeks after the Mavs hired Jason Kidd. That relationship began to erode last season. This is talking about Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. When the awkwardness that developed between them was so apparent that it was noteworthy when they exchanged high fives, sources noted that Carlisle wasn't positioned to manage it because he had poor relationships with both. As he entered the offseason, Porzingis was so disillusioned, sources said, that he privately hoped he would be traded. Mm. Carlisle had intended to travel to Doncic's native country several days later in June to observe the Slovenian national team's 
camp and spend time with the Mavs star. Those plans, however, were canceled at Doncic's request, sources said. Doncic, particularly in the wake of Cuban firing longtime Mavs president of basketball operations, Donnie Nelson, wanted no distractions as he prepared for the qualifying tournament in which Slovenia clinched the program's first Olympic bid. Doncic, who hasn't yet exercised his superstar privilege of influencing personnel decisions, never called for Carlisle to go, sources said. He ultimately didn't have to. Porzingis has felt refreshed after Carlisle's resignation, team sources said. Kidd has made a point of giving Porzingis the green light to take the kind of shots Carlisle wanted to eliminate from his arsenal. So I don't know about you guys, but I think the Mavs have a mole in their locker room. Good God, what has happened to the NBA? I just heard Kenneth Fareed is joining the G. I heard Jordan Crawford. I just heard that Mario Chalmers is back on the Miami Heat. What? Is this 2012? What the hell is going on here? Greg Monroe just kicked the Celtics' ass the other day. God! Joe Johnson's back. He's he's on my team. He was drafted by the Celtics 20 years ago, and now he's back. And he doesn't even have his original number because it's been retired since he wore it. What is going on? Joe Johnson was going up against Big Baby last summer in the Big Three. Now he's taking on Darius Garland. What the hell? Shit is going down. COVID is going down. Players are dropping like bees. I'm going to say bees because aren't the bees dying? We'll say honeybees. They're dropping like honeybees. Save the honeybees. And we're just seeing guys who uh, we thought worked at your local, uh, uh, you know, jack-in-the-box now... Suiting up, starting for an NBA team. Isaiah Thomas was in the grocery store in Seattle, just minding his own business, shopping around, picking out some eggplant. And then he gets a call from the Mavs GM. Hey, can you suit up tonight? We're playing in Sacramento. Isaiah's like, yeah, I'll be there in a sec. Let me just hop on a plane. This is madness. It's messing up my fantasy teams. My God, I picked up Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Darius Garland. They were all on my fantasy team. And uh, I was pretty confident. I was pretty confident we were doing well. We were doing well for a little while. And then it's like, nope. Protocols, protocols. Everyone's in pro. Luka Doncic. It's it's like, can I get my guys back here? I mean, I should actually look at my lineup right now. Now that I think about it, I have four. I told you guys about this. I have four 
um, Yahoo NBA fantasy teams because oh my God, they postponed another game, the Warriors and the Nuggets. Postponed. So great. My guys can't play. Awesome. Awesome. Are there are there even any games happening tonight? Well, at least I got Joel Embiid playing on one of my teams. So, like I said, I, I have four Yahoo Fantasy teams because I was planning on only doing one, but then I missed uh, the draft three times in a row because, uh, you know, I'm just not that organized, as you can tell by uh, the amount of times I uh, post the show and when I post the show. It's always at a... A random time, a Sunday morning or a Wednesday mid-afternoon or maybe it's just not posted at all. I, I This episode was supposed to come out two weeks ago. Now it's the last episode of the year. It's the last episode of the year. Greg Monroe is teabagging my Celtics and scrubs I've never heard of are signing for playoff caliber teams. Joe Johnson's back too. No one, no one's available for my fantasy teams. I got like one guy playing on each team. Thank God I have Pat Connaughton. What would I do without him? Yeah, none, none of these guys are healthy. But, you know, that's the case with the whole league. So I guess I don't have much of an advantage. Anyways, uh, let's, uh, like I said, it's the last episode of the year, and it wouldn't be appropriate if uh, we didn't end up talking about our 2021 title winners I think uh, I think we have to talk about them a little more. I saw them in the flesh last season. That is, they're good. They're a good team, and they're good this year. The Milwaukee Bucks' highest and longest tenured player is Giannis, and then highest paid player who appeared in a D League game is Chris Middleton. Yeah. He played in the D-League for the D-League Pistons team. That was a team that drafted him, if you remember. Can you believe the Pistons? I think they had Brandon Jennings. They have Brandon Jennings as their starting point guard in, what, 2013? And they say, no. No, no, they have Brandon Knight as their point guard. And they're like, no, we want Brandon Jennings He's better. So they were like, oh, let's do a swap. And then for whatever reason, Chris Middleton ends up in that trade. It's a throw-in. He was a throw-in. And now he's like, he's definitely top 20 players in the league. Right? Chris Middleton's top 20. He's an all-star, for Christ's sakes. He's top 20. He's... All 30 teams want, would want a guy like Chris Middleton. I would love a guy. I'd rather have Middleton than freaking Tatum right now. 
at least Middleton has a little more passion. I know Tatum's younger, but God, man, I just—he needs to just punch someone in the face. I would respect him more. Just, you know, punch like uh, Ben McLemore in the face someday. You know, for no reason, and people will be like, "Oh my God, this guy's crazy. He just punched Ben McLemore. He just—he just sucker punched him. He gave him a bloody nose." Why did Tatum do that? Macklemore didn't provoke him whatsoever. He just socked him. He gave him a knuckle sandwich. Anyways. Uh, there's two teams in the NBA without guys in uh, COVID protocols. That's the Jazz and this team, the Milwaukee Bucks. You got Dante DiVincenzo back and forming a white guy trio with Pat Connaughton and uh, gray hair Sin Allen. <laughs> Get it? The trade for Grayson Allen is looking great. They got a young starting caliber player for two second round picks. What was it? Two second round picks and Sam Merrill? Sam, is it Sam Merrill or Morrill? There's a comedian named Sam Morrill. I think he's the comedian, and Sam Merrill's the basketball player. But anyway, Sam Merrill, he isn't even playing for the Grizzlies right now. He's injured. I think he's played like six games. Meanwhile, he got Grayson Allen starting on a playoff team. I'd say that's a good trade. Yeah, there was that Christmas Day game. I can't give you Bucks too much props, though, because the Celtics are a joke of a team, and you should have beat us by 40. I watched the Magic game extensively a couple days ago. I saw some things. Boogie Cousins is back. Woohoo! He's back embarking at the refs, male or female. He was arguing a call with the female ref, and she didn't seem intimidated whatsoever. And Cousins was just towering over her, probably arguing about someone stepping on his shoe. You know, good for her. I'm sure she knows if uh, Cousins lays a hand on her that his ass is grass. Yeah, he'd be sent to the Rockets. And no, not to play for them. Adam Silver would actually send DeMarcus Cousins up in a rocket if he accosted a female ref. Because that would be worse PR than the Maury tweet. Cousins, is, he's just always annoyed, and I love it. Coach Boonhoser, he had to take him out at one point during the game because Cousins was just so flustered. Couldn't even dribble the ball, he was so angry. Cousins was also going at uh, Mo Wagner a.k.a. public enemy number one for Giannis. If you remember, Giannis headbutted him in the bubble. Giannis was clearly giving a maximum effort every time he was matched up with Wagner. And as expected, Giannis usually had the upper hand, usually just dribbling right through him, knocking him down. Yeah, he might have tried to back him down and try and hit a jumper and miss, but so what? 
Giannis is the better player. Obviously. Hey, kids, Wes Matthews is back. He's uh, pretty much just an autopilot player, if that makes any sense. He, he's got, like, all the basic NBA skills to be on the court. He's not really good at anything. I know he, he used to be able to shoot threes and play pretty stand-up defense. Not really anymore. It's why he wasn't on a roster, but for whatever reason, they brought him back. They brought back Wes Matthews. Why? I, maybe they just wanted someone to be out on the court for 10 minutes a game. But man, Portis, though. One thing he can't do is guard that Robin Lopez hook shot. What is that thing? It's so it's so bizarre. The announcers were talking about it. He said uh, his release point is right around his 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 man bun, I guess. Whatever kind of hair that Robin Lopez has now, usually long. Now what? Uh, doesn't Robin get like a, a haircut like his uh, twin brother Brooke? Nice little crew cut. He would look so strange now that I think about it. But yeah, I don't know what that is. It's like, it's such a, it's such an interesting go-to move that you just don't see much anymore. That hook shot. It's pretty automatic though. What else was going? This is just a deep. This is a deep team. I mean, my God, George Hill's the backup point guard. DiVincenzo's coming off the bench. Pat Connaughton. I mean, these are guys that could be starters for a team. Maybe not George Hill, but he's pretty deep. You know, Cousins, he was starting last five games up until this game. He came off the bench. Bobby Portis is a starter. There was a nice sequence where... Uh, Giannis had a block, followed by Bobby Portis. Portis was just killing it from three, like I said. And, uh, yeah, got to see more of DeMarcus playing in the second quarter. I was thinking, like, how? why did the Bucks want Cousins? I mean, I guess he's, like, a good Elmer's glue solution to fixing something you know it's like uh it's a it's a band-aid it's a band-aid on this roster you lose brooke lopez let's bring in a should i even say washed up is that is that going too far i mean cousins he's washed up compared to what he used to be he's not a horrible player he can still can still uh he he's a good passer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him credit for that because you know he'll start dribbling up the middle when he gets the ball and you know he's he's a willing passer. He'll he'll dish it out to the three point line. A lot of times he's actually looking for someone to cut to the basket as well. Uh, Connaughton's great with cutting. Same with Grayson Allen. They they just cut to the Middleton does it too. They they cut to the basket. Something the Celtics need to do more of. Screw them. I don't want to talk about them. Um 
but yeah, it's just it's just a treat. I was thinking about the uh, the connection. Like, did Cousins ever play with any of these guys before? And he actually did. He played with Drew Holiday back when they were on the Pelicans. That very brief time that Cousins was on the Pelicans. And I think Cousins must have played with one other person on this roster. He had to. Did he? he I think he played with George Hill. George Hill when he was on the Kings. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good game, but really awesome sequence. Middleton is uh, intercepting a pass. Um, I think it was uh, Franz. Franz was trying to pass it. Middleton just intercepts it. Um, this is uh, this one the Magic were, you know, getting set up, you know, on their side of the court. Middleton, like I said, grabbing it like a free safety, chucks it up. To Drew Holiday, running towards the basket. Giannis is with him. I mean, Holiday, like, it didn't even look like he was aiming it anywhere. He just threw it up kind of near the basket. And Giannis just dunked it perfectly. I mean, my God. If that, that, uh, that really represents the core three of the Bucks right there. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday. That should just be played over and over again on the highlight boards at uh, wherever the hell Milwaukee plays. Don't they have like a weird stadium name now? Named after some uh, corporation that's, uh, you know, probably doesn't contribute to global warming at all. But the, those are true Holiday ballsy move Bucks made some ballsy moves the past few years trading all of those first rounders getting Drew going all in on Drew even uh, trading a first rounder to get PJ Tucker not bad not bad and then of course not re-signing Malcolm Brogdon after he was a member of the is it the 90 50 40 club something like that it's like he's like one of the only non all-stars to ever be in that company someone who i think it's over 90% free throw percentage 50% from the field and 40% from the three point line like there's uh, you you look at the list on wikipedia and it's all all stars, and Malcolm Brogdon. It's like a, it's Steph Curry's on the list, but it was like Steph Curry's MVP year, and then he just got Malcolm Brogdon. So that happened in Brogdon's last season with the Bucks, and the Bucks are just like, "Nah, we're not gonna re-sign you." <laughs> it's like, "Nah, you know, we'll just we'll sign and trade you, get a first rounder." So what? It was it was looking bad. It was looking bad for a while, especially the uh, bubble playoffs. 
yeah, you guys had a meltdown against the Miami Heat, and then everyone's like, uh, they should have kept Brogdon if they kept Brogdon. Different story. Someone outside is listening to, um, I just wanna love you. The disco song by Kiss. Now they turned it off. Must have been someone in traffic. So, uh, yeah, first half was all the Bucks, and then the third quarter, the Magic go on a seventeen to zero run to start the third. I mean, the Bucks were like, I think they were up twenty nine at halftime. So, I mean, it wasn't like complete panic, but it was like, guys, what's going on here? It's pretty bad, seventeen zero run. But, of course, you know, Milwaukee's a competent team, unlike my Celtics. And, you know, when uh, they allow teams to go on 10-0 runs, they don't completely melt down. You know, they, they're they actually like, all right, you know, we were asleep at the wheel for five minutes. Um, let's slap ourselves on the face, wake up, and uh, actually start playing some defense now. Where the Celtics are just like... <laughs> They're like uh, Smalls in the Sandlot. <laughs> they give up a 10-0 run. My life is over. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Um, what else happened? Oh, yeah. Then there was one sequence where Freddie Gillespie did like a major flop when Giannis was driving to the basket and they were reviewing it. And at first I thought they were reviewing it to be a, a flagrant on Giannis. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like it was it was the biggest flop. I think actually um I think it was a, a foul. And I think the reason why the refs were reviewing it was because the Magic actually challenged it, which is idiotic because this guy, his feet were not set anywhere. He literally just ran from the side into Giannis's airspace. And as soon as Giannis hit him, he just, like, fell over. Like, uh, the, the announcer said, I wrote it, I wrote it down here, he got moved like a matchstick. Interesting, interesting. And I think uh, there were there were guys uh, telling Gillespie he has to hit the weight room uh, from the Bucks bench, which he does. You know, he's a what is he like a a ten day guy, Freddie Gillespie. We talked about him on this podcast. He was on the Raptors' uh, preseason team. He got waived, obviously, but, you know, anyone can be in the NBA now. What was it, like, Greg Monroe was, like, the the 500th player to suit up for the NBA when he got called up? Hey, did you play uh, AAU in 8th grade? Well, why don't you go try out for the G League? Because they need bodies. They need bodies. They got Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers is back in the NBA. Jordan Crawford's 
you got all these guys coming out of the woodwork who you're like, I thought I thought these people were done. I thought they were retired. And they were like, no, we want to play in the G League. Come on, come on, bring us, bring us. They, they don't want to play in the G League. They want to play in the NBA. But, you know, it's kind of the pathway of the NBA right now. now I'm sure nobody thought Greg Monroe was going to get another shot in the NBA when he started playing in the G League. I heard he didn't even play well in the G League. But then, you know, he goes up against the Celtics, and he looks like Jokic. He's out there passing the balls. He's, he's running the offense. It's I know we're down Tatum, but we still have most of our other guys. It's not like we're playing all these scrubs. We should have played Joe Johnson more. That that was a problem. Should have played him. We got Al Farouk Aminu. Hasn't even s- stepped on the court yet. We have Norvell Pell, a guy who can block shots. I'd rather watch these guys play 40 minutes than watch <laughs> freaking... Uh, I was going to say Grant Williams. He's kind of been our uh, our guy to rag on for the past couple years. But, like, he's not bad. He's not bad. It's actually... I mean, he he can hit threes. Like, he hits a lot of threes, actually. It's pretty impressive. Um, it's, it's not really that anyone's, like, god-awful on the Celtics. It's... It's like everyone's playing for themselves, kind of. They're they're not passing the ball enough. There's not enough hockey assists. It's like, all right, I'm going to try and uh, dribble, do my thing. All right, let's go to the rim. Oh, no, I can't make it. I'll pass it out to someone at the three-point line who's almost guarded by someone and hopefully they'll make it and bail us out on this play oh look what i'm doing look what i'm doing this is the bucks podcast not the celtics podcast speaking of the bucks and celtics hey bucks fans are you enjoying semi yeah yeah he's gonna be the paul george stopper in the finals right kidding Paul George isn't gonna go to the finals and double kidding Sammy Ojale is not gonna be in the on this Bucks team for the playoffs they're gonna trade his ass Ojale what a joke man I stood up for him I stood up for him he started that one playoff game against the Bucks guarded Giannis pretty well and I was like you know this guy deserves a roster spot. You know, not too many rookies can come in and do something like that. And then, year after year, that was, like, all he was known for. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who's really strong, who can guard Giannis. And once in a while, he'll hit an open three, but that's really it. It's 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 really it. He, uh, he, can't, he can't do much more. He's, he's not versatile he had one like really good game against uh i don't even remember who it was but it kind of looked like oh my god did this guy turn a corner he scored like 20 something points 
he looked like Paul George in that game. But, you know, it was a fluke. Semi, sorry, man. I mean, you're probably gonna, if, if the Bucks wave you, I'm sure you'll get one of these 10-day deals because someone's gonna convince themselves that you can play. But, yeah, what a what a joke he's been. Um, so anyways, the Bucks beat the Magic, and they actually play the Magic again tonight, but this episode will be released after it. I'll release this on the 31st, so I mean, I'm sure the Bucks are going to win again. We'll see. But the question is, is this team going to make it to the finals again? I'm going to tell you now. No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I think they need to make some moves. I think they do. I know they're very loyal to this guy. He helped them win a championship. But he's not coming back this season. Brooke Lopez. Back surgery, mid-30s, bad combo. Gotta, gotta trade him. I think even Brooke would understand. You gotta trade him. You're competing for a championship. If you can upgrade your roster in any way, you do it. You just do. By the way, I wonder if they were able to get a disabled player exception. Maybe the, uh, I don't think they did. I feel like I would have heard something. So they're kind of screwed. They they don't have Brooke. So he's under contract for $13 million uh, this year. And I believe next year as well. I'm just not, I know it, he's, he's guaranteed some money next year. I don't know what the structure of, of it is. So, you know, naturally, I've been looking for trades. Who can they get? Well, I I think they need another big man. If Bobby Portis gets injured, this team is screwed, right? This team's in a lot of trouble. You'd have to have Cousins play major minutes. Probably have to play Giannis at the five a bunch, which might actually uh, work in their favor. Because, uh, you know, Giannis and four wing slash guard players is, uh, is probably a recipe for success. We've seen it, uh, we've seen it work before. I know we have. They've, they've tried that lineup. They don't really do it much anymore. It's usually either Portis or Lopez who's out there playing center. Who can they get, though? Who can they get? I was looking at some salaries. What about Derek Favors? Making $9 million on the Thunder. Maybe just do a swap. Do, do the Thunder actually expect to get something for Derek Favors? Because I, I don't think he's worth much. Honestly, Brooke Lopez is probably worth more. Because Brooke Lopez will be healthy next year. And the Thunder can just flip him next year. Whereas the Bucks, they're they're competing now. They need someone now. Brooke can't play right now. Give me Derek Favors. 
Or even better, what if the Trailblazers are like, eh. That's it, guys. We're, we're packing it up. Packing it up. CJ's not coming back anytime soon. Is he back? I know he was hurt at one point. Lillard, man. Lillard, he's he's gone home. He's gone home. He's not even he's not coming to games anymore. He's he's uh, you know, resting his ankle. So we're going we're going to sit him for the season even though it, you know, it was his decision. He just said I'm I'm sitting at home. I want Lillard to stay on that team, but, jeez, it's... You're not making a good case, Blazers. You're really not. It's getting to the point where fans are demanding for Lillard to ask out of there, and we all we all criticize these stars when they ask to leave their franchises, but it's like, hey, I stuck around for years. And you guys just kept screwing up. It's, it didn't work. I still think you should stay, though. But, you know, maybe the Blazers will trade Yusuf uh, Nurkic. Makes around the same money as Brooke Lopez. Maybe they trade Robert Covington. Right? Uh, another thing I think the Bucks could use is someone to guard... Kevin Durant in the playoffs. You're not gonna make Giannis and Middleton do that. That was that was PJ Tucker's job last year. Just bother Kevin Durant. Bother him as much as you can. Basically make Kevin Durant go from ninety five percent to eighty seven percent. That's that's all that's all you can ask for. From a good defender. Even the best defenders guarding Durant can't do much. So, you need a honest stopper. Wesley Matthews, come on. Come on, guys. It's not It's not going to be him. You need another stopper. Can Covington still play defense? Because I'm not even sure about that. What about Patrick Beverly? He makes around the same money. I that's a hard sell for fans, though. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take on uh, Patrick Beverly's overpaid ass to for uh, you know a guy who helped us win a championship next year because you know we want more grittiness, we want more toughness. I think they have enough toughness with Portis and Cousins. I, I think a move needs to be made, though. I mean, get rid of Sammy, trade him, trade him for like a a vet minimum guy on a bad team, trade him for like Garrett Temple or something. I don't know. Trade him for someone who's more useful. But, uh, oh, excuse me. I think the, uh, I think the Nets are going to beat them in the playoffs. I think it's going to be Bucks, Nets, conference finals. I think the Nets win. That's that. That's all the basketball for 2021. 
Let's move on to our movie of the week. It is Bay of Blood. Yeah, I guess this, uh, I, I heard of this movie. I didn't really know a ton about it until I, uh, came upon it on the list. I saw the director was Mario Bava. He is a, uh, pretty good director. So, I said, yeah, let's, uh. Let's check this out. Let's see what uh, this is all about. And I read the trivia. It's like, this movie influenced Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2. Which would mean it influenced Part 3 and the final chapter, A New Beginning, and Jason Lives, and New Blood. And uh, because of the movie Bay of Blood... An Italian Jallo movie from 1971. Because of this movie, we have Jason Takes Manhattan. Look what you've done, Mario Bava. You bastard. I am going to write a letter to your grandchildren and tell them that that scene where Jason lifts up his mask to the gang in Times Square is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And thank them. I will thank them. And they'll be like, Cosa? Che Cosa? Cosa? Um, but, yeah, you, you can really see where uh, the influence is for the first Friday the 13th movie. Thought it was a really good movie, uh, cinematography and gore-wise. I mean, this these are pretty damn good practical effects for gore. I mean, definitely influence Tom Savini, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. I mean, that that's why to watch this. You're not watching this for the acting. It's it's not great. I mean. The version I watched was dubbed, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, you don't watch Jallo movies for the uh, the fine performances. It's more for the mystery, trying to see if you can figure out who the killer is. And, uh, you know, see the brutal ways that people get sliced up. But I always thought it was... I always thought, like... The term Jallo was was strange because it's like, well, it's it's why do they call it Jallo. It's like a a slasher movie. There's a killer, he's killing people. But I guess it's because you know it's it's it was a genre in itself back. The slasher genre did not exist in the early seventies, but the uh, the the Who Done It existed, you know, and then there was none. It's a famous book about killer on the loose, trying to figure out who it is. So I'm sure that influenced a lot of the Jallo movies. And then we get this. 
and uh, they had no idea that they would influence a multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire uh, franchise. Is a billionaire? Can I say that the Friday the 13th franchise is a billion-dollar franchise? Because I, I probably can. I mean, not not all the movies have made up to a billion dollars, but when you factor in like the merchandising and uh, all the uh, conventions, I think you're in the billions. Probably, who knows? But uh, I mean, it, the the plot of this it's basically someone trying to get an inheritance. Oh, heard that before. And uh, you get this lady being killed at the beginning. I won't reveal how, but uh, she was uh, in a wheelchair and she got hanged. Whoops, I just revealed it. And then it's like, oh, I wonder who this guy who killed her is. And then they show who the guy is. And it's like, wait, what? What's going on? And then the guy who killed her gets killed. And then you got these People chatting, they're on their Italian leather sofas. Italians have the coolest damn furniture. My uh, my cousin really got me into the, the mid-century furniture. He used to own a mid-century furniture shop back in the day that I worked at. He has a new one now, but he had one back in the day that I worked at. Uh, it was on the West Coast. And uh, he would... He would just collect these these rare pieces so some Italian stuff some really cool Italian stuff some cool chairs and you know I started keeping an eye out for this stuff when watching these older movies and the Europeans they just have so much cooler furniture than we do oh my god looking at my stupid mattress from where did I get this? Mattress discounters have a good night's sleep on us. Mattress discounter. I don't even think I got. I think I got at a uh, uh, mattress farm or something like that. But it's it's crap, crap, IKEA crap. Even even though that is technically European, but it's basically the Europeans saying like, here, take our spare parts and. Make it the centerpiece of your home, get dopes. So, when you're watching these old European horror movies, English, Italian, German, I guess. I don't think Germany didn't make too many. When you're watching them, pay attention to the furniture because it's... It's dope stuff. It's dope stuff. You would be pretty cool if you had all their furniture in your apartment. Imagine having a party and someone comes in and just sees this white egg pod chair set. Leather. Leather. They just had so much cool furniture. Look it up. Look it up. Vintage mid-century Italian furniture. 
So yeah, we got we got a whodunit going on. We got these people. They're plotting. They're talking. They there's inheritance. There's money on the line. Who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get it? And then for some reason, a bunch of teenagers go to this lake home, the lake home where the lady got murdered at the beginning. By the way, when I think of bodies of water in Italy, I I really don't think of lakes. I mean, yes, it makes sense that they would have lakes, but it's not something I think of right away when I think of Italian. Like, I, I, I think of the ocean. Italy's on the ocean. And then in this lake, there were squids. There were squids in the lake. You definitely don't find squids in the lake in America. No, sir. Right? I don't think you do. No way. No way. So these kids, they go and they party and, you know, they're just they're just trying to have fun. They're dancing on furniture. Then one girl goes out to go skinny dipping and it's like, oh my God, is this like, is this the first movie, the first movie where the girl goes off on her own skinny dipping? Like, how many horror movies have we seen that happen in? But this this might be the first, unless some other strange movie did it. Maybe there's probably a monster movie that did it back in the day, but... Th- I, I doubt they showed anything. Like, those were pretty vanilla. Rarely showing nudity or anything like that. This, on the other hand. You see a lot. You see a lot of this woman. And then you're like, oh my god. What a what a killer body. Or body about to get killed. But you're just like, oh my god. This immaculate woman. Man, she must... How old is she? Like, this is 1971. You're like, oh, maybe she's this beautiful old woman now. And then it's like, oh, no. She died of blood cancer in 92. It's like, oh, man. Man, damn. She she only made it into her 60s? She didn't get to her 70s? Damn. Yeah, you look at these these people, you're like, oh, I wonder if they're, you know, still alive, you know. I mean, it's sad, you know. It's obviously people who were like 30 and 40 years old in the 70s are starting to die. But, you know, you always hold out hope that some of these people are still going to be alive and then you know, you just look and you just see a bunch of people who died in their 50s. Not all the time. Sometimes people make it to their 80s, 90s. I think that the saddest thing is the Twilight Zone for me. I started watching the Twilight Zone from the beginning and playing the game of, all right, is anyone in this episode still alive today? <laughs> but then you just see, like, all these these people... The, uh, especially women, a lot of women, and some guys as well, that just died so prematurely. 
And so, some of it was like uh, drug overdoses, some some really tragic suicide stuff like that. You start getting depressed. It's like it's more messed up than the actual Twilight Zone episodes. Is you know how these people died in real life. Whatever. So yeah, it's like a you know like a twenty. 30-minute sequence of the movie where we just have a bunch of people hanging out by a lake, and one by one, they get killed pretty badly. It's it's pretty brutal. It let, I think the kills are actually better than uh, all the kills in some of the Friday the 13th movies. Like, Friday the 13th, The New Blood, a lot of weak off-screen kills in that one. So, uh, it's pretty good. I and then you know, it's a it becomes like a a jallo again. They, you know, but you get that that glimpse that one half an hour, twenty minutes, half an hour, of just like oh my god, this is the first movie to do it. The teens partying by a lake, getting slashed. Not eaten by a monster, not bitten by uh, a crab. They're getting knifed. And, you know, these aren't off-screen deaths. You're, you're, you're really seeing how uh, these people get mangled. So, this gets the Barton rating. Easily. Easily gets a Barton rating. I recommend it. You know, you uh, you should see what influenced. I mean, one of one of the kills is pretty much the exact same as Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Um, let's just say uh, it involved a bed. Is that enough of a hint? But it's like almost shot for shot. It's like, wow, you literally just stole this. And they're like, no, 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 it's a, it's a homage. It's like, mm, I guess, but it looks almost the same. It's just a different weapon, you know. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that about this, uh, you know, Friday 13th and Friday 13th Part 2, I, I just thought they came up with the idea kids, kids on a lake getting uh, getting punctured <laughs> but uh, nope nope so, check it out guys let's move on to uh our music of the week. This is the last episode of 2021. I'm going to be doing episodes not not weekly anymore. It's it's going to be less frequent. I uh, am juggling a lot of stuff this year. So, um, you know, there, there might be months where you get like four episodes. There might be months where you only get one. I'll try and make them good. I'll try to actually be awake during them. I'll post at least once a month. I'll promise you that. Thank you, everyone. Have a happy new year. 
Hopefully the capital doesn't get taken over at the beginning of next year. This is Sir Diesel, the people's choice with the deepest voice. And here my boy Big Vert, Virtuoso, and my boy Vast yeah, yeah. Air. Vast Air, Virtuoso. The Bay of Pigs, where you weak MCs get slayed, you dig? Big Bang Wreckage, the final yeah. conflict. The final conflict. Those leaving them baptized with a cracked skull and black eyes. Dark shape flying through the sky like magpies. Body in a ditch with the maggots and black flies. Family at the funeral with suits and black ties. Your soul chastised, just a dark spot on the sun. When I'm talking in tongues, I'm watching them run like I was cocking a gun. The prophet has come, predicted doom and a tomb. Leave your oculus hung from a fish hook so you can see how sharp birds' brain is. Sperm spawn galaxies, planets drop from Earth's anus. I burn eagles in the brimstone of Hades' kitchen. Vocal bangers leaving smoking chambers like 380 spitting. I'm slaying kids like a bay of pigs. Find out where the haters live, break their ribs. Nobody is saying shit. Turn guys to atheists, they losing self-confidence. No deity seeing me, my music's so dominant. marathon tonight if you want to act retarded we in the bay where the pigs lay and i'm the farmer so you better do as i say i'm crazy like eddie i wrote the book of sex and my favorite page was betty leaving your face navy to black and blue you crossed over then we laugh at you you want to touch but the flow's intangible i mastered the square and i know how to wreck the tangle never clash with him attack with angles these hands love to strangle and my crew will always come through All I gotta do is blow the whistle You better know ninjutsu Cause I know you'd rather disappear before I hit you Drop a smoke bomb or something After I rap, you're gonna lose your arm, leg or something Your whole style's irrelevant I'll crack your wig and leave you like the hair club president Is a carnivore, more than just kind of raw. Keeping the line of draw, looking through the eye of war. Fuck who your idols are, why y'all trying hard? Energy misuse, mine's government issue. Missiles countering, peep how loud it rang. Sort of like freedom, but eating through demons. The people be screaming, the lyrics be reaming. Uh, deep hole careening, be foes non believing. I'm off the deep end with more than meets the eye. Simplify, sense the strive with endless dive. Positive pristine, thoughts in the twisting. Tornado flipping, fools who keep ripping. Me and the virtuous Words we serve, we just Impact sure to crush Verbs is too murderous Vast the air you breathe Ask if they scared of me They gon' say yeah they be But laugh at me merrily No matter where they go Got them on Periscope All the way there they lair And tear through their bear coat They'll be like where we go Carry them with the blanket Ain't like a banquet From bracelet to anklet The Big Bang Theory. Off to the final conflict, you know? The Bay of Pigs. The Bay of Pigs, when you weak them, seize the slaves, you dig? The Bay of 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 Pigs, when you weak them, seize the slaves, you dig? I'm slaying kids like the Bay of Pigs. 
Behind a desk, hop a urn from a lack, slap it like a tennis player, hand turn from the back. I'm about my business player, I return from the track. No Sesame Street, I just learn from the Mac. I don't know Bert, never met Ernie either. But I could turn a diva when a player turn and leave her. Big bird of the count, they ain't teach me the big words I pronounce. It was listening to Goldie, riding with my father while he listening to oldies. He turned the music down. This is what he told me. I'ma put you on the game. You make it while on the surf. Yeah. If it's worth it, then you take it and take it for what it's worth. Yeah. Yo, Reaper, those kids out there seem mad thirsty. You got something for them to drink? Yo, we could wet up two cups of blood. Arm to the leg, leg, arm to the head. Yo, be the Vesavector, Vesavector, mental dead. Cheap to the R to the YM Reaper. As I get deeper than a grip, resurrect kid. Don't go against the grain, man. Slang is my thing. I'll leave the hearty party with the bang. Buzzer boom, check my tune, it got you hyper Don't give a fuck about a sucker, see cypher As you decipher the tricks of a viper Swine is lethal, it's evil I am original, we can build upon the ill form And keep all your brain cells warm Hocus pocus, yo, what's the focus? Weak techniques should speak, the shit is bogus Even in a mortuary, science of bloom As I seek the gnaw from the womb to the tomb Yo, deadly, deadly, yeah, get ready. Here comes the styler, wilder than Freddy. Dead. Cause the Kruger, boo, I do ya. Just to let you know, grave diggers coming to ya. Dead stick and rotten, your brain still forgotten. The past, you had your boomer eyes picking cotton. Now you hate your naughty hairstyles. I guess you figure the texture is too wild, child. Two cups of blood, boy. Two cups of blood, girl. All right, take that shit up. I don't even know when I'm mad at him, but I'm on my friends, you know what I mean, so. The fuck am I supposed to do now, B? My nigga gone? How the fuck? Fuck, I'm supposed to be on some old positive, reflective, we all gonna miss you, Sean, shit. Fuck out of here, nigga, the streets want blood. On the strength of my nigga B. We don't wanna hear that he died in his sleep, shit. The streets want blood. We ain't really got 
got a reason to spill nut. Please give us one, I'ma kill something. The streets want blood. disrespect this way. The throat gonna share your neck with a knife, nigga. The streets want blood. Will I ever get over this? I wonder. All I know is I miss my brother, nigga. The streets Listen, want blood. Niggas rather be mad than sad. Please do something to make a nigga mad. I will gladly trash the smack teeth out of your fast and flashy clap heat. Flip with no acrobatics, blast and tear off half of your ass and drag you through these mean streets. Butt ass naked, I show you niggas a mean street. Monster, murder, a magnum, a roller to satisfy the streets. I make you a martyr, nigga. The streets want blood. Too bad, somebody gotta share this. Nah, not my nigga, somebody gotta wear this. Hear this? I'm giving who and whoever a grace, period. Get the fuck out of this state, the ape furious. And we ain't hearing it, flame seriously. I ain't really with dealing with questions, but I know we're still a biz. Well, fuck that. I had to look at my brother in the bed, laying dead. He was a good motherfucker, too good to summon you suckers. So what, he might have slapped you. You needed that. Me, I would have clapped you. I won't sack, man. Half of that faggot shit you do would get you gone. And if you can't rap, don't make no tribute songs. It's disrespectful. The reason enough for niggas to deck you, no inspector. Worth the Elijah, my godson, and nephew. Worth the little Shawnee, Blue Terry, and Bernadette, too. My mama had to cry in the next room. Streets want blood. Everything in me. Not to bring the gun to the studio. I ain't even want to look at it, truly, yo. I've been trying to keep it cool, yo. Standing here, you tell me what God about. God just ripped my motherfucking heart out, nigga. I just drove past the park we used to hang in. With Rock Red, caught his first yard. We was banging. So many memories hit me to hit. All the real nigga shit he did for me Listen, the streets want blood The streets want blood The bloods want the triple sauce Everything is helping scale to be the village Bar can't give us up Anything, whatever we'll do Just don't let it be you, nigga The streets want blood Who gon' be the sacrifice? I need one Who the last nigga report some weed from? Here, dude Somebody gonna tell me something. Any ops laughing at my pain, we gonna see you too. Listen, stupid McNoopy contusions, you get extensive icky motions. Them is bruises for lying, Lucius. That's how P-Rob, let me stop this shit. I'd rather just hit my nigga P-Rob, no optimist. Listen, this is what it sound like when thugs cry. Listen, this is what it sound like when slugs fly. I don't want your hugs or your love work the big rock. Shut the fuck up, nigga, the streets want on the strength of my nigga P. We don't wanna hear that he died in his sleep. Shit, the streets want blood. We ain't really got a reason to spill none. Please give us one, I'ma kill something. The streets want blood. Catch the body disrespected his wife. The throat over sharing your neck with a knife, nigga. The streets want blood. Will I ever get over this? I wonder. All I know is I miss my brother, nigga. The streets want blood. I don't really give a fuck about the fans. They hear one day, they go tomorrow. You know, ain't no love. So I do what I do when I want to do it. Like, I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm in Brownsville. I walk up and down the street. You take the kids to school. Regular dude, man. I, I'm so not into this hippity hop shit that's going on. I'm not with it. You know? I'm, I'm, and I'm enjoying myself, too. You know, I'm cool being me. I don't want to do that. Or, 